Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Thursday, January 13th, 2022, and uh, hope you guys are having a great, great day today. Good week. Almost to the end of this uh, work week. Um, yeah, and we are in this first week of Epiphany, first week after Epiphany, and uh, the theme for this week, as we're reading through, the, through the, our readings, is that we have beheld His glory. The glory of the one and only Son from the Father, John 1, 1 14. And uh yeah. And so we uh we read three uh three different readings a day, one from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament, epistles, and then one from the gospels. Yeah. And we never know exactly what we're gonna learn. You know, this is unscripted, no agenda. I don't come in with notes or anything like that. We just read it together and uh, and reflect on what we read. Just come in with open heart, open mind, open Bible. Yeah. You know, a lot can happen when you do that, right? When you approach to the uh, time with God with just an open heart, open mind, and an open Bible. Good stuff happens, man. Good stuff happens. So our first reading today is going to be from Isaiah chapter 41, uh, verses 17 through 29. Good morning, everybody. So glad you guys joined us, whether you're on the podcast, whether you're on Facebook Live. So glad you're here. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. Uh, Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 41, verses 17 through 29. You know what we do? You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. Verse 17, Isaiah 41. The poor and needy search for water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst. But I, the Lord, will answer them. I... The God of Israel will not forsake them. And you might be parched today. You may be. Yesterday may have been a, a rough one, man. Right? That happens. Yesterday may have been a rough day, and you're like, man, I'm uh, I'm going to go to morning prayer, but I ain't feeling it. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I know. I know not everybody that comes to morning prayer is like, woohoo, let's do morning prayer. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, some of you guys come, come uh, crawling. <laughs> I do too. I do too. I'm like, oh, morning prayer. Oh, let me wake up. Yeah. Yesterday may have been a difficult day. Maybe, maybe you had some disappointment, some frustration. Who knows? You know, but this word is for you then. I will answer you, and I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. God will not forsake you. 
searching for water, searching for get a spiritual thirst quenched. God will not forsake us. I will make rivers flow on barren heights and springs within the valleys. I will turn the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into springs. I will put in the desert and uh, the cedar and the acacia, the myrtle and the olive. I will set junipers in the wasteland and firs and cypress together. He's going to make uh, fertile ground out of a desert. Hmm. That's a good word, man. You know, uh, sometimes it's different things in our lives can feel like a barren land. Maybe uh, your business, maybe your relationship, maybe your spiritual life, maybe just life itself. They feel like a desert. Um, and the good news is that God can create fertile ground out of a desert. And why does he do it? So, verse, why does he do these things? So that people may see and know, may consider and understand that the hand of the Lord has done this, that the Holy One of Israel has created it. <clears throat> wow. It's that idea that, uh, you know, sometimes um, the setback is a setup for a comeback. <laughs> but not your comeback, God's comeback, you know? A setback is a setup for a comeback, right? It's the uh, sometimes when you uh, what what's the setup for a miracle? A problem, right? You're like, man, I got a big problem. I got a big problem here. I got a I got a serious sitch. I got a serious sitch here in my life situation. Well, that's a setup for a miracle. It's a setup for God to do amazing things. Um, you say, man, I'm in a desert. Well. Not to not to downplay the seriousness or the pain of being in the desert ain't fun. I've been in plenty of spiritual deserts, and yeah, I, I don't think I want to sign up for them. But I will also say, and we can say, right, that these spiritual deserts, those times of uh, pro those problems, those setbacks, are also the uh, the stuff, the ingredients of a miracle. It's the uh, it's the it's the set it's the stage for God to, to show off, and that's what He's saying. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do all this stuff. I'm going to bring uh, this uh, this fertile land out of a desert, so that people may see and know and consider and understand the hand of the Lord, what the Lord has done. The Holy One of Israel has created it. He's done it. You couldn't do it. You can We couldn't bring uh, a fertile ground out of desert. We couldn't bring back. You know, uh, create our own miracle. Create our own. Blessing, create our own hope, bring us through. It was God who did it. Verse 21. Present your case, says the Lord. Set forth your arguments, says Jacob's king. Tell us, you idols, what is going to happen? <laughs> uh, he calls the idols. Hey, idols, uh, we need to hear from you. What is going to happen? Tell us what the former things were so that we may consider them and know the final outcome. Tell us what, you know, tell, discern, prophesy to us. Tell us what all this means and tell us where we're headed. Or declare to us the things to come. Tell us what the future holds so that we may know that you are God's. Mm -mm -mm. Do something, whether good or bad, so that we may be dismayed or filled with fear. Do something. That you are less than nothing. Your works are utterly worthless. Whoever chooses you is detestable. Wow. Prophetic, man. Prophetic imagination here. He's like, uh, 
let's just call these all these idols like you know israel was worshiping all kind of idols right the Baals and the asherah poles um and uh and so here the prophet speaking on behalf of god says hey let's let's call all these idols together let's uh let's have them give us some counsel us on the uh, current events and the end of end of the world <laughs> uh let's see what they tell us so uh tell us something just tell us anything idol you know anything good bad doesn't matter wow us bore us do something but just just speak to us just tell us something well you know idols don't speak there's only one living god there's only, there's only one and only the beginning of uh the shema the lord our god the lord is one shema israel is the adonai elohinu the lord our god the lord of israel is one the only one yes sir Verse 24, but you are less than nothing. Your works are utterly worthless. Whoever chooses you is detestable. You choose an idol, man, you lose him. <laughs> right? That's what he's saying. You choose an idol, you're losing. You already lost. I have stirred up from, I've stirred up one from the north, and he comes. So I, there's invaders from the north. One from the rising sun who calls on my name. It's probably Assyria at this point. That's who Isaiah probably has in mind. Good morning, everybody. So glad you guys are on on this Thursday morning. He treads. Uh, I have I've started with the one from the north who and he comes one from the rising sun who calls on my name. He treads on rulers as if they were mortar mortar as if they are were a potter treading the clay. Who told who told of this from the beginning so we could know or beforehand so we could say he was right. Who warned of this? No one told of this. No one foretold it. No one, no one heard any words from you. I was the first to tell you. Zion, look, here they are. I gave to Jerusalem a message of good news. I look, but there is no one, no one among the gods to give counsel, no one to give answer when I ask them. See, they are false. Hmm. There are two, two ways you could tell. Um, prophets were false one their predictions didn't come true in the old testament um and that's true true today people who proclaim to be prophets it's amazing how we do this we we people who self-ascribed prophets they say stuff and then it doesn't happen and somehow they rework their prophecies and we still listen to them when the bible clearly says that a you know a prophet will be known by the by whether their message happens or not. If it doesn't happen, they're not, they're not they're false prophets. And so that's the one thing, a, a bad message. Second way, second way that you can tell a false prophet is if they lead people away from God. So the message can, the prophecies can be accurate. This is important, guys. This is an important part from Revelation too. Uh, false prophets can be accurate in their predictions. But if they are leading people away from God, then that is by definition a false prophet. But here, Isaiah saying these guys, these these idols that you're worshiping, they don't even, they, and they're these these idols and their prophets, they don't, they ain't saying nothing. They didn't tell us anything. They're all false. Their deeds amount to nothing, and their images are but wind and confusion. This is important, man. This is important. If you're listening to people, you know, if you're if you're reading books, if you're studying. And you're hearing messages, but they're leading you away from the Lord. Like, 
if you're you, you find your appreciation and devotion and love for Jesus starting to go down and you you're starting to appreciate and honor something else higher than him, man, that's a red flag. Then that teaching may be leading you away from the Lord. Leading you in the wrong direction. Hey, we ain't got to worry about that here, man. You got to worry. This is all about Jesus here. <laughs> but yeah, it's a good check for all of us. You know, sometimes we, sometimes people are just charismatic and they're entertaining and they're interesting and all of that. Um, but you got to ask, like, what's their, where is their teaching leading me? Is it leading me to just want to get cool clothes and, you know, and act cool and say ch churchy things? but not have any spiritual depth to them. You don't want that. Nobody, nobody ain't got no time for that. Ephesians chapter two, Ephesians chapter two, verses 11 through 22. This is the last part of Ephesians. Welcome everybody. So glad to have you guys on today on this Thursday morning. We're just diving into the word. We're just walking through the word of God. What's what we doing? That's what we do. We just walk through the word of God and see what the, God, the Lord just speaks to us from his word. You never know. Never know what he's going to say and how it's going to, how it's going to hit you. Welcome, everybody. So glad you guys are on. Here we go. Ephesians 2, 11. Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. Let's see what he say. Let's see what he has to say to them and to us. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done by the done in the body by the human hands uh so basically those of you who are gentiles were not uh of the circumcision that is uh jews <laughs> um so remember that that uh but you weren't by birth you were by birth uncircumcised verse 12 remember that at that time you were separate from christ excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. So we were just like, see, go back to uh, Isaiah. We were just like those, those pagans who just had only false idols, idols that didn't speak. We worshiped things. We worshiped ourselves. We had no clue what we were doing. We were clueless, man. We were, we were, we were lights out in the dark. We were fumbling around in the dark, trying to act like we knew what we were doing, trying to find our way, acting like we knew what we were doing. But we didn't know what we were doing. That's how we were. We, we were without God, without hope, excluded from citizenship. We were not included in the covenant because we weren't Israel. And without God in the world. But verse 13. But now, yeah, but now in Christ Jesus, who you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of jesus by the blood of christ wow that's good news man those of us who were once without hope had no promise were without outside the family of god we've been brought near to the family of god near to the heart of god through what through the blood of christ the blood of the blood of christ that is the uh atonement for our sin the propitiation for our sin big honking churchy word Basically means it it uh, pays for the it, it 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 pays the penalty absorbs the wrath of God absorbs the wrath that is due us because of our sin Jesus's blood Jesus's life blood is just a metaphor for his life it's you know that's what it means it's about his life 
Um, you know, we talk a lot about the blood. It's not the fixation on the blood. It's the fixation on the life that is in the blood. And so when, when we talk about the blood of Christ, it's the life, life, blood was synonymous with life. And so when Jesus spills his blood, he gives his life for ours, righteous in exchange for unrighteous, the perfect lamb of God in place. Uh, and as I said, as an atonement and propitiation for and substitution for our sin. Yeah. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. His life. That's a biblical concept. Life is in the blood. Verse 14, for he himself is our peace. Who is Christ? Christ is our peace. You need peace today. He's the Prince of Peace. You got to lean into him. Lean into Christ. He is the Prince of Peace. He gives us peace with God and he provides for us the peace of God. For he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one, who Jew and Gentile, he made those two groups one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside his flesh with his by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. So Jesus in his sacrifice um, fulfills all the righteous requirements of the law. And in his death and resurrection, in what he did, he, he fulfilled all of that. So he sets that aside in his flesh. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of two, Jew and Gentile, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. There's no division between Jew and Gentile. That's why, you know, we, uh, you know, there's no differentiation between uh, Israel and the church. It's the same thing. The, ch the church now is the fulfillment of God's plan through Israel. And there's the, you know, this idea that you know, there's Israel, God's got a plan for Israel, and there's got a, got a, God's got a plan for the church. No, the church is the new Israel. Yeah, there's a lot of confusion that happens with that. But like, no, like there's, no, there's not two plans. There's a plan for Israel, and there's a plan for the church. No, 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 no. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. The church is the new Israel made up of Jew and Gentile together. That was God's plan. That's the mystery of his will, what we read yesterday, that the mystery of his will, that he's going to make two, a new people out of two. There's not, a two. there's not a plan A and a plan B. Um, he came and preached to you who are far away and peace to those who were near. Through him, we both have access. Wait, wait, did I, I think I skipped some parts. Um... Verse 17, he came and preached peace to you uh, who are far away and peace to those who are near. For through him, we both, have, we both have access to the Father by the one Spirit. Jews and Gentiles alike both have access to the same Father through the Holy Spirit. Mm. Jews, uh, Gentiles are not second-class citizens in the kingdom of God. There are no second-class citizens. We're all sons and daughters of God. There's also no grandchildren. God doesn't have any grandchildren either. Just children, sons and daughters. Verse 19. 
Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of God's of, of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Wow. You've been brought near, Jew and Gentile. You, we, we've been brought near, and we're a part of the same foundation, the same uh, spiritual building that God built through the, through the prophets, um, the apostles and the prophets of the Old Testament, the apostles of the New Testament, with Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. It's all the same building. It began with Israel, and it's the culmination of which came when Jesus opened up Israel, true Israel, to Jew and Gentile alike, to the whole world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. The whole world now can be a part. That's the mystery of his will. That's the secret disclosed, is that God has made a way for uh, the whole human family to be part of the same family through Christ. Yeah. And in him, you too are being built to get, built together and to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Man. God lives in now, in and through the church, through his Holy Spirit. He dwells through his Holy Spirit in the church, in your heart. Not only individually, like in my own, in Terry's little heart. <laughs> he dwells in Terry's little heart and you're in your little heart, but he also dwells in the church collectively. You, plural, you, plural, people of God, you are the body of Christ. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. In the Bible, it, temple of, being called the temple of the Holy Spirit also is directed towards the individual, but it's also taught, toward, it's, uh, directed towards the community, the people of God. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome sauce. All right, Mark chapter 2, y'all. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Let's do it. Let's see what uh, the life of Jesus, the life of Jesus. Here we go. A few days later, when Jesus began to, when, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, let's see how we're doing on time. Yeah, all right, we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, the people heard that he had come. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Jesus preached a word, man. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Look, you got a problem now. You got a problem. This is a setup for a miracle right here. This is a setup for a miracle because you got a man with, a, with, a, with paralysis being brought to Jesus. This is a setback. That's just a setup for a comeback. Here we go. Um, some men came bringing him to the, the paralyzed man carrying four of them. The, some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Somebody brought him to Jesus. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat, the man on the mat, lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven, and you owe me $20 for that roof. <laughs> no, <he did. laughs> Just seeing if you were listening. <laughs> uh, 
uh, just said if you're listening. Jesus said, your sins are forgiven, and you owe me $20 for that. More than that, you owe me about $200 for that roof. Um, <laughs> but see what he did there, right? He, he saw the faith of their friends. Man, sometimes, look, look, sometimes we got to help our friends, man. We got to help our friends. We got to encourage them to come to Jesus. Come on, y'all. Not just, we got, I just got to worry about myself. I also need to be thinking about my friends and how am I helping to bring them to Jesus? Because Jesus is what they need. I don't care what it is. Jesus is what they need. And so what can I do as a friend to bring them to Jesus? Because Jesus can touch them. Even if I got to cut through a roof to get them in the presence of Jesus, I got I, even if I got to pick them up and bring them to church, even if I got to buy them lunch after, I need to get them into the presence of Jesus. Somehow, some way, into a small group, into a Bible study. Get them around the presence of Jesus. Yeah, man. Mm -hmm. And he saw their faith, his friends, the friends of the paralyzed man's faith. And he said, wow, these guys love, man. They believe me. They believe in me. Your sin. But notice the first thing was his sins are forgiven. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, son, your sins are forgiven. You know, having your sins forgiven is a bigger deal than being physically healed because that has eternal consequences. Yeah, physical healing. <laughs> I like that. I get a little, I get by with a little help from my friends. Yeah, um, yeah. Physical healing only lasts for this life and eventually something else is going to hurt. Right. God feel you. God heals your headache. Then your back start hurting. God heal your back. Then your leg, you get hip pain. God heals your hip. Then you get migraines. I mean, you know what I'm saying? This, this body wear out. It just wears out people. And so physical healing is just temporary, but having your sins forgiven, that's a different deal. That's eternal. That's eternal. And so that was the greater need. The man's greater need was not his physical healing. The greater need was your sins are forgiven, and only God can do that. So the Pharisees. Now, then there were teachers of the law who were sitting there. They were thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? You write about that. Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit. I love that, man. That's like, that's like creepy cool, though, right? Jesus knew in his spirit. Like, I know what you're saying, boy. I see you over there. I know what you're saying. <laughs> I love you, but I'm about to I'm about to I'm about to spew some truth on you. Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts and he said to them, "Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this which is easier to say to this paralyzed man? Your sins are forgiven or to say to him, get up, take your mat and walk." But I want you to know that the son of man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to them, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Woo. Woo. Telling you, man, you got a problem? Take it to Jesus. Desert land? Take it to Jesus. He can make the lame walk. He can make desert places burst forth with, uh, with fruitfulness. Yes, sir, that's what he does. Verse 12. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of all of them. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this.
That's Jesus, man. That's Jesus. Awesome. All right. Good stuff today. Thank you guys for being on. We just read a lot about how God, how God turns, does miracles. He brings things that are far, close, those things that were separate, he brings together. He brings peace. He turns desert lands into fertile lands, causes a, a, a paralyzed man to, uh, to receive forgiveness of sin first. And then he says, rise up and walk because I have the, the power to do both. Yeah. And he has the power to do whatever you need in your life too. Thanks be to God. All right, you guys, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for the promise and the reality and the truth that you do bring uh, fertile, fertile ground out of desert places. You make streams flow in the desert. Uh, and we know that you do that in our lives. And so maybe some of my friends today are in a desert place. Lord, may you make streams flow in their lives and in their hearts. You are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than we could ever ask or imagine. And Lord, we, but we know, we know that our greatest need is salvation. Our greatest need is forgiveness of sin. And you likewise have the all authority and power to forgive sin. So today, God, forgive our sin. Make us new. Thank you for being the propitiation for our sin, that we are brought close to God the Father by your blood, by your life, that you gave righteous life for our unrighteous. And we thank you for that. Thank you that we can now be a part of the family of God and experience all the blessings and all the goodness and all the reward that is stored up for the people of God. Thank you, Lord. I pray blessing upon my friends today, whatever they're going through, whatever they're facing, whatever they need from you today, Lord, may you grant it in abundance and may their hearts be drawn to you and may they walk today in confidence knowing that there is nothing impossible with our God. We love you and give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you so much for being on. Uh, always love to hear for you. Bible study podcast 2020 at gmail.com. That's the way you can reach me for about the podcast. Bible study podcast 2020 at gmail.com. Always love to hear for you. Thank from you. Thank you for subscribing, for liking it, for sharing this. Thank you for sharing this. And uh, we love what God's doing in this community. God bless you guys. Have a great day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.